Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Numbers 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. For weeks behind this microphone, you've heard me talk about the pro-Putin Russia file wing of the Democrat and Republican Party of the left and the right. You've heard me talk about how disgusted I am by them. You've heard me spend an inordinate amount of time, frankly, trying to unravel their propaganda and their spin. What's the Ukraine have to do with us? Do I have to spend another second on this, Mr. Producer? Do we now know what Ukraine has to do with us? Do we now know how specious all the contrary arguments are and have been? And how humiliated and shamed... These individuals should be. I have nothing but contempt for Joe Biden. We have 9,000 American citizens behind enemy lines in Afghanistan. It's unbelievable. He's paying the Iranians effectively to build nuclear weapons. He's done so much that is so wrong. Even today, he nominates among three black women who are being considered for the Supreme Court the most by far radical and extremist among them. Man doesn't look for unity. He doesn't look for moderation. He's a disaster. He was a disaster as Hunter Biden's father. He's a disaster As a United States Senator, a disaster as a Vice President, a disaster as President. It doesn't get much worse than this, folks. But I am appalled 
by people who call themselves constitutionalists or conservatives or whatever they call themselves, who've been giving aid and comfort to Vladimir Putin for years, aid and comfort to Russia for years, aid and comfort to the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran. When Donald Trump took out Soleimani, they attacked even Donald Trump over that and said it was provocative. Oh, well, so be it. A mass terrorist was killed. Provocative. Anybody have any more questions on why Ukraine matters? I'm just curious. You have to be deaf, dumb, and blind not to see and know and hear. And tonight, by the dawn, they say, Kiev will be, I won't say under the control of the Russians, but it'll be encircled and the Russians will be putatively in charge. These Ukrainian people are gutsy people, are they not? And the president of Ukraine and his cabinet, truly gutsy people. Truly gutsy people. Basically have a gun aimed between their eyes. And they're getting minimal support. Minimal. Minimal support. The fact is, as I've said now for weeks, we should have been pouring all kinds of weaponry into that country. We should have been muscling up NATO on the border of that country. The time to debate the accounting issues and the financial issues are later. And they are essential. NATO has a billion people. Russia has 160 to 170 million. NATO's economic power is more than 10 times that of Russia. And yet, how does Russia have a stronger military? It's beyond me. President Trump saw that. President Biden attacked President Trump for attacking NATO for failing to do its job. So we have this situation, but I'm worried about us. I'm worried about a soft underbelly, if you will, a fifth column within the constitutional conservative movement that has come up with spectacularly stupid arguments to defend, if not openly and affirmatively, by inaction, a regime that does view us as the enemy. I don't know how you read what Putin wrote over the summer, and it's long, it's 5,000 words, and I read it last night. I don't know how you read that and listen to Putin subsequent to that and not realize he thinks we're the enemy, and no, not because of anything we've done. Because that's the mentality. Kiev, more broadly, Ukraine, they weren't doing anything to Russia. They were not going to become part of NATO. Nobody was even pushing for it. They were asking for it, so what? And ask for whatever they want. But the enemy here is Russia. The enemy here is Putin. It's not us. It's not the Ukrainians. It's him. 
And all the people coming on TV and radio, making excuses, who know so little about history. People who claim to be America firsters turn out not to be. None of this would have happened under Donald Trump. None of this would have happened under Donald Trump. Why? Because he was strong, unpredictable, respected, despite what our media tried to do to him and still tries to do to him. That's why. Putin was always going to try and take Ukraine. He didn't need excuses. Brett Hume the other day was right. Nothing to do with NATO, entering NATO. He wanted Ukraine. He's always wanted Ukraine. He said he's always wanted Ukraine. But even more than that, Ukraine is an incredibly materially rich country, natural resources. The fourth largest producer of wheat in the world. And what they have under the ground is unexploited fossil fuels even more than Russia has. And certain types of material elements that are essential for societies that haven't been exploited either. And Putin's been there grinding his teeth. There's no historical justification for any of this. There's no military justification. There's no blame America first justification. This is Putin. He's a rogue, evil, genocidal maniac. Turns out, my great-grandparents almost all come from Kiev. We used to call it Kiev, now it's Kiev, as you know, but I'll call it what I want to. And they're all Russians. Because over the centuries, Ukraine has bounced back and forth, bounced and forth, back and forth, unfortunately given its geographic location in Europe. Much like other Central European countries. But Ukraine wasn't always a territory of Russia. And look at me, I despise the Russian government, despise it. I want you to listen to this gentleman for a couple minutes during his farewell address, January 11, 1989. One of the truly great presidents of the United States. At his farewell address. Hat tip MRC, cut one, go. Life has a way of reminding you of big things through small incidents. Once during the heady days of the Moscow summit, Nancy and I decided to break off from the entourage one afternoon to visit the shops on Arbat Street. That's a little street just off Moscow's main shopping area. Even though our visit was a surprise, Every Russian there immediately recognized us and called out our names and reached for our hands. We were just about swept away by the warmth. You could almost feel the possibilities in all that joy. But within seconds, a KGB detail pushed their way toward us and began pushing and shoving the people in the crowd. It was an interesting moment. It reminded me that while the man on the street in the Soviet Union yearns for peace, the government is communist. And those who run it are communists. And that means we and they view such issues as freedom and human rights very differently. 
we must keep up our guard. But we must also continue to work together to lessen and eliminate tension and mistrust. My view is that President Gorbachev is different from previous Soviet leaders. I think he knows some of the things wrong with his society and is trying to fix them. We wish him well. And we'll continue to work to make sure that the Soviet Union that eventually emerges from this process is a less threatening one. What it all boils down to is this. I want the new closeness to continue. And it will, as long as we make it clear that we will continue to act in a certain way as long as they continue to act in a helpful manner. If and when they don't, at first, pull your punches. If they persist, pull the plug. It's still trust, but verify. It's still play, but cut the cards. It's still watch closely, and don't be afraid to see what you see. The genius and prescience of Ronald Reagan. Putin, his career, his life was born out of that communist Soviet regime. His father was part of the secret police. He was part of the secret police, what later became the KGB. He worked his way up the ladder of the KGB, became a more than a mid-level, sort of a senior mid-level operative. He was the chief in East Germany. East Germany was one of the most brutal communist regimes of them all. And Putin was participant. In fact, he was an activist in that regime. And when he saw the Soviet Union fall and break up into 15 different pieces, he swore to do something about it. Comes back to Russia, works his way up the ladder, becomes deputy mayor of St. Petersburg, uses that position with corruption, with brutality, to play on the national scene, uses his KGB old buddies, the mobsters in Moscow, the, the oligarchs who he had worked for, some of whom he enriched, and some of whom enriched him, to target Yeltsin. He works at this for a while, Builds up enormous IOUs. He and his KGB buddies create this massive attack on Moscow that kills many. They blame it on the Chechnyans. They go into Chechnya and they start wiping out those people. He rides that to a 40% victory in an election for president. With Yeltsin still as the premier. 40%. Some of the people he competes with, well, drop out. Because their lives are threatened and their families are threatened. 40% of the vote he gets becomes president, threatens Yeltsin, confronts him, tells him they have the goods on him. If he'll leave, He'll make sure that he and his family are protected, that they'll have the money, and they won't be charged. Yeltsin is blackmailed out of office. Putin becomes the head of Russia. And he never gives it up. And people are defending this man. 
fewer today than yesterday. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Unfortunately, uh, I'm going to be preempted on Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin. Uh, The powers that be uh, want live coverage from um, Ukraine and so forth. You know, it was my suggestion, well, you know, we can do both. Uh, Because I've talked to uh, Alan West and James Carfano. These are men that know a hell of a lot about war and a lot about that area of the world. And... um, I'd spoken to both of them, and they are fantastic. Uh, But that's not going to happen. So it's my understanding that uh, you'll get live coverage from in-theater. I even thought about, Mr. Producer, what about a split screen? We could do that, too. Or what about just preempting or breaking in, not preempt? But it didn't fly. So I can only do what I can only do. I'm the host. There's nothing I can do about it. But I wanted to give you a heads up. So if you tune in, you don't see Life, Liberty, and Levin. That's what's going on. Uh, It is important to know what is going on. Um, Unfortunately, the vast majority of the fighting that's going on, we're not seeing any of it. We're not hearing any of it. They're looping in the same missile strike, one or two missiles that hit outside Kiev. Uh, There is apparently uh, significant fighting going on still on the east border between uh, uh, Ukraine and uh, Russia. You've not seen any pictures of that. Belarus, where they're attacking from, you've not seen much of that. And, of course, uh, they're now going to be doing amphibious attacks through the Black Sea. You're not seeing much of that. I'll be right back. Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. 
I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, Liberty's General Patton. Call into the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing, ladies and gentlemen, if corporate America, if athletes and these professional athletic leagues, the American media, all the organizations, all the individuals, the raid to attack the state of Georgia after the Republicans dared to pass even a more liberal voting system than existed before the pandemic, boycotted Georgia, tried to destroy the economy of Georgia, if you will, used BDS against Georgia. Wouldn't it be wonderful if these same entities would do the same to Russia and to Putin? Has anybody heard anything from LeBron James about Putin and Russia? Anything? How about Oprah Winfrey? Anybody heard anything? How about the gaggle of goons and goofballs that pretend to be journalists at the Constipated News Network and MSLSD. Hmm? Wouldn't it be great if the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost and the Slimes and the past special pleaders for Stalin and Hitler and Castro? Oh yeah. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be great if they spent as much time Trashing Putin and his government as they did Trump and his administration? Instead, the Democrat Party and the American media used Russia as a foil to try and take out our elected president. They used him to try and take out our president. I want you to listen to Joe Biden in 2019... About two and a half years ago, not that long ago, hat tip rumble, cut to go. It's going to take a hell of a lot of work to make up for all the damage he's done internationally and nationally. His network of thugs and co-conspirators are going to continue to try to undermine our democracy in the meantime. Imagine what he can do in another year. Imagine what can happen in Ukraine. This is the biggest punk to ever be in the Oval Office. And we've all been punked too. Joe Biden. The biggest phony fraud to ever serve in that office. The biggest empty suit to ever serve in that The dumbest human being to ever serve in that office. The media and the Democrat Party and his family gave us him. And now look what he's done. Look what he's done to our country. Look what he's done to other countries. Afghanistan. Ukraine. 
Now, I, mean, I understand the Taliban and Putin. Nobody's... I take second seat to nobody on this stuff. But these things didn't occur under Trump, did they? Which is why over at MSLSD, the backbenchers, they have to keep attacking Trump when they bring these issues up rather than the current commander-in-chief, such as he is. Vladimir Zelensky is a very courageous and brave man. Very few people would do what he's doing. He and his family are remaining in Kiev. You think Biden would do that? I don't think so. Think Obama would have done that? No, no way. Trump, I think he would. But here we are. Vladimir Zelensky in an address to his nation last night. Translated. Cut three, go. According to the information we have, the enemy has marked me as target number one. My family as target number two. They want to damage Ukraine politically by destroying the head of state. I find it remarkable. I'm listening to some people on cable and elsewhere today who seem to forget what they said the day before yesterday and the day before that. It's really appalling and shocking that people aren't held to account for the comments that they make. I don't mean fired or necessarily that sort of thing, but challenged. Some of the people who wondered why we were involved at all, Ukraine's not our business. What do we care about Ukraine? They've completely genuflected, and today they're asking why we didn't muscle up Ukraine with more weaponry over the course of the past many months. Have you heard these people, Mr. Producer? It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Here is more of Zelensky from today. Cut for go. The Prime Minister Shmihal is here. The party leader is here. The head of the president's administration is here. And obviously the president's here. All of us are here. Our military are here. Our civil servants are here. Defending our independence and our state. And we mean to keep it that way. Glory to our allies. Glory to Ukraine. This man, this man will go down in history one way or another. He will be remembered by freedom movements and freedom fighters for centuries. For centuries. He will be remembered. Biden will be remembered too for failing to help him in any way he could short of sending infantry. The various Tokyo Roses in the media, they'll be remembered too. The video, the audio, the written word, they'll be remembered too. And so 50 to 100 years from now when people say, how did this happen? As they look back on the Holocaust and other genocides, they'll see how it happened. The same way the others happened. By good people failing to speak out and stand up. It's been an appalling expose of certain of these people, certain of these organizations, certain of these networks and 
corporations. It's easy to trash America from a basketball court or a football field or an ESPN studio. It's easy to trash America from the caucus of the Democrat Party in the House or the Senate. It's easy to trash America from the studios of CNN and MSNBC and the buildings of the New York Times and so forth and so on. That's a freebie. But going into these countries where these genocidal dictators and Marxists mean business, that's a little harder, isn't it? And yet we find, it's certainly in the early stages, so many of these individuals, these American Marxists and so forth, embrace them. But not just them. The phony American nationalists and populists do exactly the same thing. Oh, and how fast we forget Justin Trudeau up north. Mr. Dictator. We have uh, Petro Poroshenko. He's the former Ukrainian president on CNN Today. Cut five, go. We don't have any heavy artilleries. We don't have <clears throat> tanks. We don't have an armed personal carrier because we launched this process just a couple of days ago. But And we create that for the two days. This is the long line of the people who want to enlist it in the battalion, but we don't have enough arms for that. And this is the only limit why the civil defense, the normal, ordinary people, sometimes never been in the army, staying in line now to join us. This is... Uh, uh, extremely touchable and extremely great demonstration how uh, Ukrainian people hate Putin and how we are against Russian aggression. This is very clear. How long do you think you can hold out? Forever. I think that the Putin never will uh, catch Ukraine despite, uh, no, no matter how many soldiers he has, how many missiles he has, how many nuclear weapons he has. We, Ukrainian, are free people with a great European future. This is definitely like that. Now, you folks understand that he puts a target on his forehead. This is the former president of Ukraine, the current president of Ukraine. These are great leaders. Despite the propaganda wing in our own media, these are great men. These are great leaders. They know they're outgunned. You heard what he said. We don't have tanks. Folks, they have no Air Force to speak of. Insignificant. They had nuclear weapons, as I educated the conservative movement, my friends on Fox, my friends in talk radio. Over the past few months, the Budapest memorandum, even the media weren't talking about it. The Ukrainians gave up their nukes. Now, that'll never happen again. You've heard them talk about this on talk radio. Where do you think they get this stuff from? Further, says the former Ukrainian president, Petro Poroshenko, cut six, go. Deal with Putin like with a man of the lost reason. And he's just, he's just simply mad. He's just simply crazy. He's just simply evil to come here to kill Ukrainian. Ukrainian who is, we lost now about 130 Ukrainian soldiers. That's exactly why we shall secure Ukraine today and to support Ukrainian with stand tomorrow. 
have a feeling that I am specific target of the Russian for already eight years. And uh, uh, this is, uh, me is just a symbol. We are not afraid of them. And uh, just now, while we are here, we have a report from our civil defense that in a five minutes we will have a Russian bomber in the center of Kiev. And uh, we have a, a bomb shelter uh, right 100 meters from here. But uh, I'm not going to interrupt our, uh, our interview because the information war which Putin make against Ukraine is the part of the hybrid war he do against us for the eight years. The Russians are going to uh, send many of their special forces, the argument is, into, uh, into the capital city. And uh, they're going to take their uniforms off and put on civilian clothing hoping that the the armed forces there, as well as the citizenry, don't know who is who. And in that confusion, they hope to, uh, to make great advances tonight. Kira Rudik is a member of the Parliament of Ukraine. Cut seven, go. If the Russians are, in fact, pushing in here from the north to where you are in the city center, how long do you think you in the city can resist? Look, I really do believe in Ukrainian army. I've been supporting it for eight years, and I'm a member of parliament and the leader of the party. It is my duty to be here. I understand it's like the the events are happening very close to where I am right now, but I'm armed and I have my uh, crew armed, and we have a couple of um, sets of people with territorial defense who are also armed and who will... Uh, who will fight for every inch of Ukrainian soil right now, of Kiev soil, not to let uh, the Russians in. There is lots of disinformation coming in and out. So we, uh, we are very careful with what we hear now and what we can or cannot confirm. I know that there are fights right now at the north of the city, and uh, members of my team are going in there right now to support our troops and help them fight. Uh, help them not to let Russians into the center of the city. I listened to this woman, these courageous people, and I asked myself, America, that summer, two summers ago, when you watched the rioting and the burning, when you heard the hate for our own country and our founding and our freedom, the hate for our economic system, the hate for our police force and our military, lies about our history, the racism being spread by groups like Black Lives Matter and others, embraced by large corporations, including broadcast companies, their names painted on the streets by Democrat Party mayors and so forth. I wonder, do you think half the country would fight to the last man or woman to defend this country? I think about half would, mostly from the red states, a handful from the blue states. But I think we'd be fighting this foreign enemy, and on our backs, we'd have to be looking over our shoulders for the American Marxists, their BDS movement, and all the rest of it. I really believe this. I'll be right back. Mark in.
Folks, I have great news for you today. Hillsdale College, the college that's reaching and teaching Americans about the Constitution, is giving away free copies of this vital document, but only while supplies last. So claim your free pocket-sized Constitution right now at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Every American should have their own copy of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. These days, with so much of our liberty under threat, it's more critical than ever for citizens to read and understand them. My favorite school in America, Hillsdale College, is doing something. They want to give away one million copies of our founding documents this year. To claim yours, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. Tell them where you'd like your pocket constitution mailed, and they'll send yours free. I want all my listeners to have one of Hillsdale's pocket constitutions. They're essential. Hurry, they've only produced a limited number. Reserve your copy at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Folks, let me say this. These sanctions that we're putting in place are really not our sanctions. They're the sanctions that the Europeans will agree to and nothing more. Germany is a weak link. Germany is a weak link. So rather than lead, we're following. Do you realize we're not putting sanctions on the Russian energy industry let me repeat that we're not putting sanctions on the Russian energy industry so let me put a fine point on this and underscore this and I bet you'll hear this phraseology tomorrow but that's good they're all listening and writing Joe Biden has put greater sanctions on our own energy industry than on Russia's let me repeat that for the slow of hearing Joe Biden has put greater sanctions on the American energy industry than he has on the Russian energy industry. He has prevented drilling on federal lands. The problem is the federal government owns about 25% of the landmass of this country, where much of our natural resources are. Our natural resources aren't in Newark, New Jersey. They're not in Scranton, Pennsylvania. They're in the great Midwest and the West and off the coasts, much of which has been nationalized by our government. And then on top of that, the regulations and uh, what he did, he reversed on Anwar. So let me repeat, if you're going to sanction our own energy industry and not sanction the Russian energy industry, what the hell do you think is going to happen? People are buying Russian oil and gas and they can't get it from us. And we're among the ones buying it. I'll expand on this next hour. When the Biden administration puts harsher sanctions on the American oil industry, driving up our costs, cutting down our supply and our production, but won't do the same to the Russians, that's a loser agenda, folks. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. 
Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin. Our number is 877-381-3811. If Ukraine didn't matter, why all the news coverage and sudden concern about Ukraine? Hmm? Why reports on heroism with this one Ukrainian Marine? With Russian tanks crossing a bridge. Blew up the bridge knowing that he would die because he couldn't get out fast enough. Why is that important? Or the border guards on something called Snake Island. Off the coast of Ukraine. When a Russian military ship told them to either surrender or they will be hit responded F Russia actually the exact language was go F yourself they were killed in a barrage of missile fire why are those stories important if Ukraine doesn't matter the stories of heroism and defiance. Why are the stories about the people of Ukraine taking up arms, rifles, and pistols, told to make homemade Molotov cocktails, as if they're preparing for hand-to-hand combat in their own streets, in their own homes, like it's the Warsaw Ghetto all over again? Why does any of that matter if you can't, Ukraine doesn't matter, ladies and gentlemen? And if it doesn't matter, why are people watching this on TV? Why are reporters there? Because it matters. It always mattered. And you need to remember the people who in the lead up to this told you it didn't. And were so careless. And yet they want your attention. J.D. Vance is a candidate who's endlessly promoted because he's a, quote, populist nationalist. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not a populist nationalist. You believe in constitutionalism and Americanism. A populist, by definition, doesn't believe in unalienable rights. They may claim they do, but how so? If people can vote... We might as well plebiscites. But I don't want people voting on my unalienable rights, my God-given rights. This nation was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, not on populism. Under the watchful eye of God, our creator. Not on populism. What's nationalism? The Marxist left, they'll talk about nationalism till they're blue in the face. Xi talks about nationalism. Russia talks about nationalism. This is part of the problem. Some people here have a misguided view, and they say, well, Putin's a nationalist. He needs a space. 
So that's understandable. Give them a space. Otherwise, we've triggered a problem. No, no, no. That's not. That's not rational. That's not coherent. The Ukrainians need their space. They're the ones under attack. The Balkan states soon to be under attack, potentially. The Ukrainians are doing everything they can to defend themselves. We didn't do everything we could to help them. So, to help them, we certainly did not. And this line about sending in ground troops is so stupid and unbelievable. As I said the other night, who's recommending that? Who has recommended? Nobody. Nobody anywhere has recommended that. Not even Lindsey Graham. So what are they talking about? Nothing. They make foil arguments, phony arguments. And how is allowing Ukraine to fall and to... Who cares about Ukraine? We don't defend our own border. What kind of an argument is that? For our failure to defend our own border. You might as well use that argument with China when they invade Taiwan. Well, we don't defend our own border. What do we care about Taiwan? Or if North Korea attacks South Korea? Well, we don't defend our own border. Why do we care about, why do we care about anything? How stupid are these arguments? Very. Very. Now, people talk about war. We don't want to be dragged into a war with a nuclear power. I heard that. Well, who does? How stupid is that? The issue is how do you prevent it? When you have a megalomaniac running one of the countries. And when you have certain people with their heads so far up Putin's ass, it's not funny. That's always the goal. How do you prevent it? Russia's had nuclear weapons for more than half a century. It's not new, you know. How did we prevent it? Through weakness or through strength? Through strength. And you have to have economic and military strength. We have an administration that's killing us economically. You know, this administration and the New York Times, they're all getting their propaganda together. The Pravda of the American media. That's what we have here. We have Russia's Pravda. The old Soviet Pravda. Starting with the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. The economy was getting much better, ladies and gentlemen. It was growing. Employment was growing. The price of fuel was going down. Until Russia invaded Ukraine. This is why you get so angry. You're sick of the lies. You're living what Biden and the Democrat Party and their mouthpieces in the media have given to us, have imposed on us. Gas prices weren't coming down. Smoking a little bit too much marijuana there in the newsroom at the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost or whatever they do. Economy's not turning around. The debt is a disaster. The Fed's still going to raise interest rates. The borders are wide open. What kind of a country? When you see what's going on with Ukraine, when you know our enemies want to hit us, what kind of an administration leaves the border open? What kind of an administration places sanctions on our own oil industry, but not on the Russians? One that has, as its mindset, American Marxism. This administration imposes sanctions 
on our economic system, up and down the chain, and then wonders why we have supply chain problems. This administration poses sanctions on drilling for oil and natural gas and fracking when we were energy independent. This administration has imposed harsher sanctions on American industry than it has on Russian industry. We're still buying oil from Russia. No wonder Putin's laughing at us. But the Ukrainians are standing up to him. 44 million people with a terribly inadequate army in terms of size and technology, but a people who want to live in freedom. A people who have tasted freedom and want to live in freedom. The media tonight, I don't care what channel you watch, I don't care how much you watch, you're not seeing the fighting going on in this country. There are no journalists on the front lines, of which there are four in Ukraine. There are brave journalists in different cities, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying you're not seeing the extent of this fighting. You're not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. But it's going on. Imagine what the Ukrainians could have done with more ground-to-air missiles. Patriot systems. Remember that one, ladies and gentlemen? Star Wars. Reagan, what is he, a nut? We don't have money for Star Wars. We have to redistribute wealth and attack the rich. The Israelis call it the Iron Dome. We call it the Patriot Missile System. God knows how many lives they've saved. Reagan. What about the tank killer missiles? The vast majority of what Ukraine has, they got from Trump. Obama wouldn't give them anything to defend themselves. He would give them blankets and, uh, and those military meals, you know, that they put in aluminum foil. 2014, they didn't have a leg to stand on. They were taking out Russian tanks. They don't have a tank system in Ukraine. They're handing out rifles to people. Rifles. What did the Nazis do in the Warsaw Ghetto? It took them 20-some days, 28 days, I recall. Maybe I'm off, but when those Jews fought for every inch and in every way they could to save their lives and to punish the Nazis. What is it that Churchill said, by the way? Should the Nazis actually invade their island? What did he say? said, arm yourselves. If they're going to take you, at least take one of them with you. Take one of them with you. I hope the Russians suffer horrendous casualties. And they would have suffered horrendous casualties. had the Ukrainians have the weaponry to go along with their incredible bravery. Anybody who says Joe Biden's done a hell of a job 
is drunk on their own stupidity. Drunk on their own stupidity. Even with these sanctions, Germany's making the call, France is making the call. That's not the way it's supposed to work. We make the call and they follow. If they don't, we make the call ourselves. You know, they, they call the SWIFT system. Have you, ever, have you ever wired money to somebody or you ever use your ATM machine, obviously? There's a SWIFT system. I don't pretend to get in the weeds with this stuff. But it's an internationally recognized, effectively, wiring system. Communication system that allows money to move from one place to another rather easily, from your account to your ATM machine, from one account to another account, uh, a wire from the United States to, say, Canada, things of that sort. And everybody's asking, why in the hell aren't we cutting the Russians off from the SWIFT system to make it incredibly difficult, if nearly impossible, for them to conduct commercial activity in the international market? And Biden was asked this question, to, we're doing more than that. He cringes, the teeth are, sh- you know, shake. We're actually doing more than that. We're doing more than what? This guy's an idiot. Do you want to know why we're not doing that, Mr. Producer? Because the Germans don't want to do it. Because they need to pay for the oil they're getting from the Russians. And we're having difficulty substituting that oil because Biden has put sanctions on our own oil industry. And he won't take the foot off their throat. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. All right, here's the deal. I've been telling you for a couple of years now to switch to Pure Talk, and thousands of you have. Let's hear from one of those happy customers. Here's a note from Robert of Miffenburg, Pennsylvania. I was a 20-year customer of Verizon that needed to upgrade my iPhone 7. I checked my Verizon deals and even spoke with a rep, but wasn't impressed with the offers they were giving, especially being a 20-year customer. I heard about Pure Talk on the Mark Levin Show and checked it out. I was really happy with the deal I found, but still nervous about going to a new carrier. Ultimately, I kicked Verizon to the curb and couldn't be happier with Pure Talk service. I saved $300 on my new phone, got 15 gigs more a month on my plan that costs less. I personally couldn't be happier since switching to Pure Talk. Well, friends, stop being scared. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Mark Levin, and this month you'll save an additional 25% for your first three months. Or just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Mark Levin and save today. You know, it's a great honor to bring an old friend back to this program, Alan West, retired lieutenant colonel, combat veteran, United States Army, um, former congressman from Florida. He is now running in the Republican primary for governor of Texas as a solid conservative who believes much more needs to be done to secure the border down there, to address immigration and a thousand other things. Alan, how are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, Mark, and thanks so much for having me on. All right, my friend. Let let us move into one area first that's not domestic and not specifically Texas, Russia and Ukraine. Your your knowledge about these things is second to none. I am very deeply concerned about a couple of things, Alan West. Number one, that there is an element within the constitutional slash conservative movement that actually has been sympathetic over the years for Vladimir Putin and his tyrannical regime 
and thought the Ukraine is no big deal. Why do we have anything to do with Ukraine? Well, I think we see now why it's a big deal. And number two, uh, the failure of the Biden administration to properly arm up these people who clearly want to fight for themselves and to properly support them. And, uh, and the sanctions he's imposing on, on them are really weak stuff. I mean, he has harsher sanctions on our oil industry than he does on Russia's. What do you make of this? Well, I'll start with your last point first. When you look at Texas and the fact that if we were our own nation, we'd be the third largest energy producing, producing nation in the world. So why would you put the, uh, the stranglehold on our oil and natural gas industry when we were energy independent? And you could use that to go against Vladimir Putin to undermine his abilities to put a military out there, undermine his economy. And that's one of the elements of your national power. Energy security is so important for your national security and your economic security. So when the Biden administration comes in and one of the things he does unconstitutionally by executive order to uh, implement the ideological agenda of the Green New Deal, uh, that should not have happened. And that's why you need to have strong gubernatorial leadership that pushes back and says, we're not going to shut down our industry because uh, you want to have an ideological agenda. But without a doubt, we have, you know, continued to try to appease and compromise. And you talked earlier in your previous segment about how during the Obama administration, they sent uh, blankets, uh, MREs and socks. Yeah. Uh, that's not what the Ukrainians wanted. If you, There are people that are going to stand up and fight. And all we had to do is get behind them and give them the necessary weapon systems, the anti-tank weapon systems, maybe some of our older uh, M1 series Abrams tanks and train them on that so that they could put up a staunch defense because we see exactly what they're doing right now. But, you know, when I look at it and being a student of history, we tried to do, the European powers tried to do the exact same thing with Adolf Hitler. They said, Sudetenland, ah, no big deal, take it, ethnic Germans. Then they said, ah, Czechoslovakia, no big deal, take Czechoslovakia. The next thing you know, you had the blitzkrieg action against Poland. Well, look at what is happening here with the eastern Ukrainian region, with Crimea, and all of this happened during the Obama administration when Putin saw weakness. Uh, we held him at bay during the Trump administration because he saw strength, Ronald Reagan, peace through strength. But now with the Biden administration, he sees this as a window of opportunity, not just him, but also Xi Jinping will see this as a window of opportunity. So I think we have to get back to having a strong foreign policy, a strong national security posture, and somehow the Europeans got to step up and understand that mm -hmm. they've got to confront evil. And, and I think that one of the things that I'm reminded of, Sir Edwin, Edmund Burke, who said, all that is necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. That is so true, and you're so right about the Europeans. Maybe this will shake them. It seems to have shaken them, at least some of them, because uh, really the Eastern European countries, Romania, mm -hmm. Hungary, Poland, and so forth, I don't think they needed to learn this lesson. They're just so small, and their economies no. are so small. And you point out Poland, which became the red line, at least for Britain and France. Well, last time I checked, Colonel, Poland's right on the border with Ukraine. And you could have Russian troops staring into the eyes of Polish troops in about a week or two. We'll be right back with a great man, Alan West, who is running in the Republican primary for governor of the state of Texas. Be right back.
Inflation under our current administration is at 40-year highs. Everything's more expensive. Cars, gas, groceries, housing, cost of living increases are bankrupting Americans, which is why you need to find areas in your life where you can actually save money. And your wireless bill is one of them. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile all overcharge you for the same service you could be getting from Pure Talk at a fraction of the cost. That's why I'm a customer and why you should be one, too. And listen to this. The more lines you have, the more you save. Right now, you can get four lines, talk, text, and data for just 64 bucks. That's not per line. That's total, which is how the average family is saving over $800 a year. Find out how much you can save. So do this. Go to puretalk.com. Find the plan that's right for you. Find the phone that's right for you. Or just bring your own. Then, this month only, enter promo code Levin Podcast, and you'll save an additional 25% off your first three months. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N, podcast. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. I'm with Alan West, retired lieutenant colonel, United States Army, former member of the House of Representatives, very, very well-read man, very, very intelligent uh, in all matters, not just military. Uh, And he's running in the Republican primary in Texas, for the nomination to be the the governor. And that takes courage, too, to take on uh, Governor Abbott. Uh, but Alan says, Governor Abbott, a lot of talk, not enough action. And uh, when it comes to the border, he's told me, uh, this needs to be called an invasion. Texas needs to bring in the National Guard on its own. It needs to secure the border with the National Guard, the military. And under our Constitution, we have that power to do it. He's explained that to me. He's 100% correct. So he wants to go full bore and protect that state. Uh, If I were voting, I'd be voting for Alan West. Simply no question about it. Um, It's not that I dislike Abbott. It's that I think uh, there are certain men who rise to the occasion. And these are very, very damning occasions right now, very difficult occasions right now. Alan West, if somebody wants to help you in Texas or outside of Texas, where do they go? They go to West, the number four, Texas.com. That's West for Texas.com. And you're absolutely right. Uh, we have a constitutional crisis here in the state of Texas in that you have uh, a, a federal government, a Biden administration that is violating the Constitution. It's the Guarantee Clause, Article 4, Section 4, which says they're supposed to protect every state in the Union from invasion. So I know that, you know, they're concerned about 180,000 Russian troops, but guess what? Every month we get anywhere from 180,000 up to 200,000 illegals coming across the border, and they're from 150 different countries. So this is not an immigration issue is an invasion issue and Mayorgas, the secretary of homeland security has told the border patrol and ice not to do their job to, to tell them to not to do their constitutional duty in protecting our sovereignty as a nation and of course our state with a 1254 mile border and then ice does not do any deportation so it is incumbent upon us based upon Article 1, Section 10, Clause Number 3 of the Constitution. As a state that is actually being invaded, when we are facing this imminent danger of being the number one state of human sex trafficking, the fentanyl that is coming across, brought in from China, we have got to do what is necessary to protect not just the state of Texas, but every state in the Union, because we're starting to see this illegal immigration scourge uh, spread out all across the United States of America. 
And this is what governors are supposed to do. They're more focused on what goes on within the state than what goes on without the state. I don't mean to the exclusion of it, but this is really the difference in many ways between a senator and a governor. A governor is the chief executive of the state, and he has power under the state constitution and power under the federal constitution that needs to be exercised mm-hmm. to protect the citizens of his state. That's your view, right? That's absolutely the view. And the other thing that we've got to do, we've got to reassert the Tenth Amendment, because when you look at the Constitution, Article One, Section 8, there are 18 things that really fall upon the jurisdiction or the duties and responsibilities of the federal government. And the Tenth Amendment says all of those powers not delegated to the federal government are reserved to the states and to the people. And that's what federalism is all about. And we have completely lost that understanding of federalism so that we got a federal government that is up there you know, handing out edicts, orders, mandates, and decrees, which are not law, but yet they're trying to force the states to uh, follow it. And so we need to institute constitutional nullification to push back and say, no, you're not going to mandate people to get vaccines. No, you're not going to shut down the oil and gas industry. Uh, And that's what I seek to be as a strong governor that is going to be rooted in the Constitution and reassert the Tenth Amendment. Would you be the first, I'm just curious, black governor of the state of Texas? I think you would be, right? Yes, I would be. And, but I'll uh, tell you why I'm asking. I'll ta- I, know you don't, yeah. I know you don't like me going there, but I'm going to tell you why I'm asking. No. We're getting all this talk about this, this uh, African-American woman who's a radical leftist who Biden's nominating for the Supreme Court, and the media are slobbering all over them. So for purposes of equality and equity, like they like to talk about all the time, are the media slobbering all over you? No, because I just happen to have the wrong designation. I'm a constitutional conservative. If I was a progressive mm-hmm. socialist, uh, they would be fawning all over me. Look at how they're attacking Winston Sears, the lieutenant governor there in Virginia. I mean, here's a woman that's a Jamaican immigrant, legal immigrant. She served in our United States Marine Corps. You would think they'd be celebrating her. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. In fact, some of the more radical African-Americans who embrace this critical race theory, who are given platforms on uh, the Constipated News Network and MSLSD, they basically said, I think the guy's name is Dyson. He's a real real schmuck. I think he said uh, something to the effect that she's basically using a white mouth when she speaks, something to that effect. I mean, it was really grotesque. Mm-hmm. Do you think... Yeah, it's you, just the same yeah. as they said. Yeah. It's the same that, they said Larry Elder was yeah, the black exactly. face of white supremacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think the uh, she'll get the same reception on Capitol Hill that Clarence Thomas got? Oh, absolutely not. She'll be, you know, they'll roll out the red carpet and everything. They want, you know, Clarence Thomas, when you go back and you look at that exchange between him and Joe Biden, who was the head of the Senate Judiciary Committee, when he was uh, trying to, you know, challenge Clarence Wright on natural rights theory, uh, it was absolutely appalling and disgusting. And it was a high-tech lynching. But, of course, if you stand in the way of this uh, black female, I don't know why we have to be so focused on race and not content of character, which is what uh, Dr. King talked about, you're going to be castigated and demonized as a racist, white supremacist, and all of this. When the real party of white supremacy and racism, the real party of systemic racism, has always been the Democrat Party. And look at what they have done in destroying the black community in the United States of America. They destroyed the family. They destroyed education opportunities, economic opportunities. And now look at the rise of the gangs and things of that nature. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and when is the vote? You know... Make sure all Texans know. Uh, Go ahead, Alan. When is it? 
is Tuesday, March the 1st, and it's such an important election because the next day, March the 2nd, is Texas Independence Day, the only state in the United States of America that has its own Declaration of Independence. All right, so this coming Tuesday is in-person voting for Texans, uh, Republicans, for the Republican primary there. I believe early voting is over, correct, or am I wrong? Yeah, correct. Early voting ended today. Early voting ended today. You can vote in person this coming Tuesday. And Alan is a great guy. Great guy. All right, my friend, you take care of yourself. Thank you very much for coming on. All the best. All right, you too. It's too bad. He was uh, to be on my Sunday show on Life, Liberty, and Levin, and he has so much to contribute on this issue of Russia and Ukraine and so forth. But wouldn't he be a fantastic governor, Mr. Producer? Oh, my. That border would be addressed very aggressively. Look, I'm not hostile to Governor Abbott, but they're governors and they're governors. You know, there's leaders and there's leaders. And I, when I look at West, I think, I think of uh, the kind of fortitude that a DeSantis has or somebody like that. Uh, he was a great congressman. He was solid as a rock. He was so good that the Republican establishment in Florida gerrymandered him so he couldn't, if he re-ran for his old district, which he lost to a leftist, uh, he would lose. So he gave it up. But he fought like hell. He certainly did. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. All right, here's the deal. I've been telling you for a couple of years now to switch to Pure Talk, and thousands of you have. Let's hear from one of those happy customers. Here's a note from Robert of Miffenburg, Pennsylvania. I was a 20-year customer of Verizon that needed to upgrade my iPhone 7. I checked my Verizon deals and even spoke with a rep, but wasn't impressed with the offers they were giving, especially being a 20-year customer. I heard about Pure Talk on the Mark Levin Show and checked it out. I was really happy with the deal I found, but still nervous about going to a new car. Ultimately, I kicked Verizon to the curb and couldn't be happier with Pure Talk service. I saved $300 on my new phone, got 15 gigs more a month on my plan that costs less. I personally couldn't be happier since switching to Pure Talk. Well, friends, stop being scared. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Mark Levin, and this month you'll save an additional 25% for your first three months. Or just go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Mark Levin and save today. KBUL, Dan in Billings, Montana. Dan, how are you? Good evening, Mr. Levin. How are you this evening? Very well, thank you. Good, good. Hey, I just want to make a comment. I'm uh, well, but I'm disgusted. Anyway, go right ahead. <laughs> I try not to be. Hey, I mm-hmm. listened to the news just a few minutes ago, and that uh, spokeswoman for the Biden administration, Saki, made a comment I found quite interesting. She... Um, they were asked about sanctions, and she mentioned that Canada and the U.K. and a couple other countries were going to do some more sanctioning. And her next comment was quite interesting. She said, hmm, uh, and we've joined in on that. And I'm going, mm-hmm. who's running the show here? Exactly. We should be the lead wagon in this wagon train, and we're not. And we're not. Taking, God forbid we're taking our, we're, God forbid we're getting our cues from Canada for crime any sake. You're exactly and also, right. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. 
the, the hand again of, the, of this administration. I really don't believe that they have any re, any resolve in taking care of this Ukraine issue. I think mm-hmm. they've got ulterior motives. When you say something like that, that we're not in the lead, holy moly, who's running the show here? Sure or when you put sanctions on our oil industry, drive up the price of fuel, harm our own economy, because fuel is is really the engine of the entire economy. And you won't even do that to Putin. You won't even do that to Russia's oil industry. That's pretty sick. Something's not right. It's more than a loose screw, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's it's really affected us here in Montana with the XL pipeline. I mean, that mm-hmm. eastern part of Montana relies on that to, those tax dollars. My gosh, all that money goes to the schools. They're out. They're out. It's just in all these all these. But don't worry, that big dummy senator of yours with that. Uh, with that uh, 1947 haircut, that jerk, he's a Biden guy. Then he pretends to oppose Biden on stuff. Then he runs for office again, but he votes in line with Schumer. What is that guy's name? I can't even remember his name. Senator, Senator Tester. Tester. It would be nice if Tester had some testes if you get my drift. Oh, boy. Yeah, he, uh, I don't think he's going to run in the next election. I really don't. He's a fat slob. Don't That's what he is. As a prayer in hell. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he doesn't speak much for uh, the state of Montana, if I may no. say. He, he represents New York. New York has two senators already. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Next, Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? Norton, Kansas. Jeff, XM Satellite. How are you? I'm good, Jeff? Mark. I'm Tell good. me, Jeff, uh, you're in Norton, Texas. Excuse me, Kansas. How many world wars have started in Norton, Kansas? Oh, not a whole lot. Not a lot, right? Not I just want to. Mo- most of them start like five to seven thousand miles away, don't they? Hello. Uh, I, I was misunderstanding things, and I apologize to your producer for that. I'm saying most wars don't start in Kansas. They start elsewhere, don't they? They, they they don't, but, you know, I've been to Iraq twice and Afghanistan once. I understand. And I want to thank you for your service. I'm talking about world wars now. None of them have started in Kansas, have they? I guess I mean, I'm not I really hooking up way. with you. All right, go ahead. What's your call? What do you got? Oh. So I listened to what Mr. West and you were talking about, and... I see where you're going, that we need to support Ukraine, but it's By the way, he's a vet, too. Yes, I know he is. And uh, if you think back to 2012, Biden was vice president then. We had Mm -hmm. the Free Syrian Army that our government was supporting with military weapons and whatnot. Mm Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Who They became ISIS when they crossed over into Iraq. I, I don't know who became ISIS when they crossed uh, the Free Syrian Army. Maybe you do, and that's okay. I don't see that happening in the Ukraine. Ukraine, this battle's been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years, and you can see those people are not switching sides. They're not joining ISIS. They're trying to defend themselves. Uh, this isn't like uh, the Free Syrian Army. This is... Uh, this is the Ukrainians up against the Russians. I don't see the parallel. I can hear your point. 
I, I don't see the parallel at all. You have a different opinion, me. Well, did ISIS uh, want to become part of NATO? I don't remember all this. I don't think so. If they want to become part of NATO, then why are we not taking them in? No, no, you're not hearing me. You know, the parallel and, that the parallel you're making with ISIS doesn't work. They don't get to decide if they're part of NATO. They get to ask. But, but NATO was not interested in taking on any more countries. This whole thing about NATO is a phony argument brought up by, uh, by a Putin. That's why people who like Putin are regurgitating this NATO thing. I'm mocking it. The issue was never going to be uh, NATO. He took Crimea so it could attack from the south. He took these two provinces on the, uh, on the eastern side so they could attack from the east. He put his own puppet in in Belarus so it could attack from the north. This has been planned forever. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Evan McMullen. Does that name ring a bell, Mr. Producer? Isn't this this former Capitol Hill staffer who decided to run for president because he couldn't stand Donald Trump and the never-Trumpers got behind him? Remember him? Barely, right? Isn't he from Utah also? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think he wants to be a senator from Utah, and of course... Why wouldn't he? He's done so many profound things. I can't think of one. Having trashed the hell out of Donald Trump, now he's trashing the hell out of Mike Lee. Now, Mike Lee and I don't agree on everything. Any more than Scalia and Thomas agreed on everything. But for McMullen to accuse Mike Lee of being Moscow Mike because he raises issues related to the uh, War Powers Act, is the sort of thing we get from these never-Trumpers. There's nothing wrong with a fulsome debate over this issue. I would probably be on the opposite side of Mike. So what? Mike is a patriot. 
you spent his life defending the Constitution. I don't know what Evan McMullen has spent his life doing other than trying to tear down people you like. Moscow Mike? Really, Evan? Wow. Should I call you Eva Braun Evan? That wouldn't be nice, would it, Evan? But that has a bell, though. That rings pretty nicely, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? If, Mike, you're listening out there, Eva Braun Evan, that's pretty good. So Evan McMullen apparently is positioning himself to be a senator. I'm looking at his tweet. Moscow Mike is mischaracterizing the law to distract from the fact that he traveled to Russia and brazenly appeased Vladimir Putin for his own political gain. How do you appease Vladimir Putin for your own political gain? Is there any way? I don't even know what that means. Now it's led to the deaths of innocent Ukrainians. So Mike Lee is responsible for the deaths of innocent Ukrainians. I would tell the people of Utah and the country, this guy, in my humble opinion, just personal view, is a head case. He projects onto Trump, projects onto Lee, his own uh, clear uh, deficiencies, in my view. So I want to reiterate my support for Mike Lee for the Senate his re-election. I've endorsed him before. I'll endorse him again. And I'll compare my views and my record on supporting the American military, the Ukrainian people, and peoples who believe in freedom all over the world to Evan McMullins. And Ev, may I call you Ev? If you want to come on the show, seriously, call in. I do have a lot of questions for you, though, so be prepared. Be prepared. Mm-hmm. He's all excited, Evan McMullen, so he's obviously going after. He's, he's obviously wanting to run for this. Uh, Mike Lee takes very principled positions that you may or may not agree with. But to try and twist that into support for dictatorships or Marxist regimes, this is what the never-Trumpers do. They project. They project. And so, uh, having seen this now on Twitter, uh, I will defend my friend Mike Lee. Uh, I think uh, Eva Braun Yevon really ought to cool it. If he wants to debate the issues, he should debate the issues. If he wants to run for Senate, he should go ahead and announce. He sounds like a spokesman for the uh, Lincoln Group. What was the name of that group? The Lincoln Project, yes. And this is what these guys do. They really become low lives. It's unbelievable. The country's going to hell under the Democrats. The country's going to hell under the establishment repubs. And he attacks one of the great constitutionalists. Whether you agree on this particular issue or not is, a, is, is, is worthy of a footnote. But now he's Moscow Mike. Oh, hey, Ev. Eva, Eva, that, that's a great line. Oh, I wish I thought of that, Eva. Wish I had, but I didn't. I wasn't going to bring it up, but but why not? Jean Stoltenberg, who's he? He's the Secretary General of NATO. Again, for those of you who were curious why Ukraine matters, I don't think you're curious anymore. Cut nine, go. In response to Russia's massive military buildup over the past months, 
we have already strengthened our deterrence and defense. Yesterday, NATO allies activated our defense plans. And as a result, we are deploying elements of the NATO response force. It's just, this is the first time in the history of NATO this has ever been done. So obviously they consider this to be very serious, and I'll tell you why. Because if my show had run on Fox on Sunday, you would have heard James Carafano, who has studied this stuff really, really closely, tell you that uh, Putin ha- ha- intends intends to go beyond Ukraine. Maybe not exactly now, but soon enough. And we had a long chat about NATO, Romania, these other countries, and so forth. You'll miss that, unfortunately, but I just want you to know it's true. Go ahead. At sea and in the air. To further strengthen our posture and to respond quickly to any contingency. Cut eight, go. The Kremlin's, the Kremlin's objectives are not limited to Ukraine. Russia has demanded legally binding agreements to announce uh, further NATO enlargement and to remove troops and infrastructure from allies that joined after 1997. Mm -hmm. Our man Matt Lee at the Associated Depressed, he doesn't know me and I don't know him, but I'm a fan of his, back at it at the State Department with Ned Price. And he's very, very good, this guy. Cut 10, go. Because I, I, I think I asked the wrong question. I should have, instead of asking you what w- is exempted, because I've seen the list of exemptions, and it's frankly huge. Can and you there's a us- long, long list of exemptions to these sanctions against Russia. And he's saying, well, what the hell? Why all these exemptions? Go ahead. ...of the kinds of talks that now are no longer going to take place. You're asking me to. Uh, well, I mean, are we talking about cultural exchanges or what? I mean, I, because if Matt, you look I, at the list of stuff that's exempted, you start with the JCPOA, you go to climate, you go to COVID, you go to anything having to do with consular affairs. What, what you, you will go see. To anything that the seventh floor thinks is significant enough, which could be anything. So I'm just wondering what is it? You will that see. Is, you will you see. The Arctic Council in there. You, you will see. Every single. You one. will see a focus on our core national security interests. Yeah, but every international organization, you know, contact with the Russians at every international organization is carved out. It's exempted from this. Matt, I'm, I'm not sure this question... going from the ICAO to the, to the, to the Arctic Council to uh, the OSCE to... We are going to pursue... Well, so what, is, what has been banned or halted because of this directive? We are going to pursue what is in our national security interest. Some of the things you just listed are fundamental to our national security interest. Just because uh, Russia has taken uh, this action doesn't mean that uh, we should stop caring about our own security, the well-being, uh, the welfare. 
the safety, the security of the American people. Uh, you've seen for yourself uh, at least what purports to be uh, a list of areas where uh, we need to engage, we might need to engage to pursue those core national security interests. I will leave it to your uh, well-informed imagination what, what might not meet that criteria. Well, I, I'm just wondering, can you point to something specific that is now no longer able to be talked about with Russians bilaterally because of this? Because I, it just seems like almost everything that, you, that one can imagine except for I don't know, you know, licensing for artwork to come to a, to be loaned to a the, museum. The, the Russian is included. This is this is very very important. And this guy Ned Price does not have a good answer, and he's the mouthpiece for the Secretary of State, ladies and gentlemen. The Russians are not facing crushing sanctions. Putin's not facing crushing sanctions. These are slaps on the wrist. They're sending exactly the wrong signal to Putin and his army. Exactly the wrong signal. And here the fellow at the Associated Press, Matt Lee, who's been there forever, is raising a legitimate call. We have a huge list of Russian sanction exemptions. Russian sanction exemptions. I want you to hear the front end of this one more time so you understand what a game is being played and how outrageously pathetic Joe Biden is. Cut 10, go. Because I think I asked the wrong question. I should have, instead of asking you what is exempted, because I've seen the list of exemptions, and it's frankly huge. Can you give us an example of the kinds of talks that now are no longer going to take place? You're asking me to... uh, Are we talking about cultural exchanges or what? I mean, because... If Matt, you look I, at the list of stuff that's exempted, you start with the JCPOA, you go to climate, you go to COVID, you go to anything having to do with consular affairs. What, what you, you will go see to anything that the seventh floor thinks is significant enough, which could be anything. So I'm just wondering, what is you it? Will see, is, you will you see. You will see Arctic Council in there. You, you will see every single. You one. will see a focus on our. All right, that's enough. I don't need to hear this propagandist. And so far. Their energy industry is exempt. Their energy industry. And that's why I said Biden and his administration have sanctioned our energy industry to the point we've gone from energy independent to now being reliant on the Saudi Arabians, the Russians, and others, where he won't sanction the Russian energy industry. Now think about that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You know, one of the greats in radio these days is our buddy Curtis Sliwa. Curtis, you've been doing radio how long now, as I think about this? Close to 32 years, Mark. 32 years and most of it on WABC. 32 years and you're 28. That's an amazing thing for you. (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you a question. The... uh, the Guardian Angels, you know, how they used to be attacked and so forth. Nobody, everybody wants the Guardian Angels, don't they? 
That is correct. We're in 13 countries, 130 cities. Unfortunately, throughout the United States where we have guardian angel chapters, we're hampered just like the police because we can make a citizen's arrest. We could grab a thug, but the local district attorneys just won't prosecute. They will not incarcerate. So you look at how the defund the police, defund the prison movement has worked to render the police impotent and then add to that the no-cash bail. Uh, They've turned the streets over to the criminals. That's the problems. I want to take you overseas where people have said, Ukraine doesn't matter. What's Ukraine all about? And so forth and so on. I think we're starting to see, aren't we, for our own, for ourselves, with our own two eyes, the problem when you, when you allow a Russia to take over Ukraine and then it's taking a look at Poland, it's eyeballing Romania, it's looking at the Balkan state. This isn't brain surgery, is it? No, no, and we haven't been listening to Putin. He's been telling us very directly what his intentions were. Years ago, I had guardian angels in the Odessa, uh, which is actually, at one time, it had the third most number of Jewish residents throughout the world. New York was first, Warsaw, Poland was second, Odessa was third. And you could tell that there was friction, that there are some Ukrainians who support Russia, the majority support an independent state, but we allowed it to linger there, we allowed it to fester there, and Putin has just decided to, basically like Michael Corleone, to settle all scores. He's mapped it out, he's told us in advance, and we chose to do nothing, Mark, and now we see the remnants of that. I do not understand, Curtis Sleva, why we didn't arm up these Ukrainians. It's clear they want to fight. It's clear they want to live. If they're going to be left with pistols and rifles and slingshots in Kiev when these ter- tanks are pouring in, it's going to be sort of a Warsaw ghetto environment, isn't it? Yes, it is. And if you notice, though, so many of them are beginning to flee the country. They're heading to Poland. So you're going to have a refugee crisis throughout Europe because it is the most populated European country if you just consider the Ukraine itself. Where are all these people going to be housed? Where are they going to go? How are they going to be cared for in the interim? And I think we all recognize that Vladimir Putin's goal is to just reinstall a puppet regime, probably the same regime that was chased out of the country in the coup d'etat back in 2014. So this is back and forth, back and forth. When the president of the Ukraine is telling his people to start manufacturing their own homemade Molotov cocktails, That tells you what a difficult situation that their country is in. They don't have enough men and women who are armed. They don't have enough men and women who have been trained. Last-minute conscripts never work. That's, That's a sign of desperation. And we should have prepared them well in advance, and we chose not to do it. It's a terrible thing, and this thing's going to spread. Because I agree with people who say Putin isn't finished. They gave him the Crimea. They gave him part of Georgia before that. He takes these, uh, these provinces out of the eastern side, effectively, of uh, Ukraine. And when you really look at the map, Curtis, he's had this plan all along. He's had this plan all along. Belarus, he puts in a puppet there. They're attacking from the north. From the east, he's had this, uh, these, these so-called separatists, these uh, Russian army uh, without, the, uh, without the uniforms who've been attacking the, uh, the, the Ukrainian army from the east. Uh, you have Crimea from the south, and where is he attacking? North, east, 
south from all those regions. And uh, I love the people who say, well, it's because uh, he was afraid that Ukraine would join NATO. Nobody's told Ukraine to join NATO. Ukraine wants well, to Mark, join I'm NATO, but nobody's agreed to it. Mark, I've spent time in Warsaw because part of my heritage is Polish. Uh, and that was uh, when freedom came uh, to Poland. But I've also spent time in Minsk, right in yeah. Belarus itself, which is a totalitarian dictatorship. You have been correct, Mark, the only voice. You are the last Reaganite standing. You're reminding us of how President Ronald Reagan dealt with this. We need to retrace his steps and get back on the good foot in fighting a new menace that is no different than the old Soviet menace. It's just been repackaged in uh, the, the look, the likeness of Vladimir Putin. Man, you're so right. You're so right. And... Um... Then we have, of course, an even more complicated situation, given what Putin's doing and his alliance with China. Uh, China's eyeballing Taiwan. And at the very same time, uh, Curtis Lewa, is Congress sitting on its hands? I mean, why aren't we beefing up our own military at this point? We need to beef up our own military. Not that we want to go on offense. We're not imperialists. We're not the enemy. We're the good guy. But we don't have enough of what we need now. Let me leave you with that question. After the break, we're going to come back with the great Curtis Lee. Stay right there. Mark Luffin, an unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. We're talking to Curtis Sliwa of WABC, my uh, mothership, where I got started as well. Curtis, um, it's very interesting. They're talking about crushing sanctions that they're putting on or going to put on Russia and Putin. No crushing sanctions they're putting on anybody except us. They're using crushing sanctions on our oil industry. And they have exempted Russia's oil industry from crushing uh, 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 sanctions. What do you make of that? Also, Mark, you notice that Russia has been able to survive with all the previous sanctions. They've learned all the nuances of how to work their way around, under, over. Uh, That's why, if you notice, uh, Putin is so strong in his belief that sanctions will have no effect on him because his nation has survived. In fact, they've even gotten stronger. So now they're talking about personal sanctions against him and Lavrov. You know he's hidden all his money, his billions Mm -hmm. of dollars. This will have little, if any, impact on him. And he welcomes it because it makes him even more of a strong man that he stood up to NATO. He stood up to Biden and the United States, the economic uh, engines of the world. So from your perspective then, and I agree with this, the best thing Biden could do is lift the sanctions he's put in place on our economy, including our oil industry, so we can flood the market and help, quote-unquote, defund his military. Well, all we're doing is enriching him and his cronies as the price of a barrel of oil goes up to $100. Uh, he ended up uh, discontinuing the Keystone Pipeline, which meant we're now importing Russian oil. The beneficiary of all this chaos is Vladimir Putin and his cronies, who just become that much richer. You're absolutely right. 
you got to fight him on an economic front, drive the price of oil down so he makes less and less money. So whatever other sanctions you've imposed upon him actually will have an impact. Right now, it's like a titi flies on the back of a dinosaur. He laughs. He laughs at us. He says that's the best of what you can do. It's like in the streets, Mark. You've been there. Go ahead. It's like, uh, if you remember, Jay Clamata, hey, yeah. you, you didn't knock me down. You didn't knock me down. He welcomes this. This is part of his machismo and bravado. So tell everybody, you're on WABC New York. Give us a little bit of uh, background here. WABC, I've been on for close to, uh, close to 32 years. Now on the weekend, since I'm back from having uh, run for mayor of the city of New York, trying to save the city of New York. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Mark, you notice what a horrible job uh, Eric Adams has Disaster. He's another one. In the first... He's another one. All talk, no action. Yeah, the first eight weeks, we're in worse shape than we were. Imagine than with Bill de Blasio. But I do an entire weekend schedule, about 20 hours, always broadcasting Curtis. And then the rest of the week, I'm down in the subways and the streets with the Guardian Angels trying to save our city. I couldn't do it as mayor, but you know me. When you cut my veins and arteries, I bleed New York City. I'm ready to battle the thugs and the thugettes out there and make it safe for everybody to function in the city and hope that they'll come back. Because right now they're fleeing to Florida, Georgia, Virginia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Texas, Tennessee, and parts unknown. And I understand why the exodus continues. Well, you're a great patriot for your city, your state, and the country. Curtis Lebo, we appreciate you very much. God bless you, my friend. I'll keep fighting, and remember, i got to keep the New Yorkers here, or if they go down south, they're going to turn those states purple and potentially blue. I don't disagree. I'm with you 100%. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. So we demand that the Biden regime lift the sanctions on our energy industry. We demand that he lift the sanctions off our energy industry so we have more abundant fuel at a cheaper price and so we can use that to sell it to the Europeans and undermine Putin and his army. I mean this. Let's go to Ivers, Sacramento, California, Sirius Satellite. Ivers, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mr. Levin. I'm a big fan of yours. Listen to you years and um, excited to talk to you. Um, I come from uh, Latvia, one of the Baltic states. Uh, Lived in the United States for over 20 years. Um, You know, I consider myself American. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yet, Though I've been in Ukraine multiple times as a kid, been to Kherson, been to Crimea, all those places. I have a lot of friends over there. Everybody's outraged what's going on. It's insane that, you know, Russians are killing Ukrainians who speak. Every Ukrainian speaks Russian. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, I talk to my people over there, and everybody's outraged. Like, nobody can understand, like, comprehend what's going on but uh, the question what i have for you is mm-hmm. are americans ready to uh uh protect baltic states 
because we're in NATO, and that's automatically triggering, you know. And honestly, you can't defend yourselves against the Russians. They're too big. You're tiny countries with limited resources. And I'm going to tell you, I think about a third of Americans say yes, and about a third say absolutely not, and about a third don't have a foggiest idea what's going on. Uh, I blame the Biden administration. I blame the media in this country. I blame the uh, the uh, neo-con artists in this country who've been Putinophiles for so many years. But most of all, I blame uh, Biden, because Biden should have armed up the Ukraine. People will say, what do Ukraine have to do with the United States? You're about to find out. You're about to find out. NATO's done something it's never done in its history. It's bringing its troops up to the border. You've got uh, Latvia, Lithuania, Estonia, the Balkan states. You've got uh, Romania. You've got Poland. You've got Hungary. This is no joke. This is no joke. And if you read what Putin wrote over the summer, somebody had mentioned it to me, Senator uh, Cotton, actually. And it is. It goes on. It's rambling on like Mein Kampf almost. And, and, And when you read it, you see, this man means business. And he's not just focused on Ukraine. And he's not just focused on Georgia, and he's not just focused on Belarus, although he basically owns that right now. And he's not just focused on what they used to call these satellite countries that they controlled. Remember, Putin controlled, effectively, for the KGB, East Germany. No, he's talking about a buffer zone beyond, beyond these countries. So I'm sorry, Ivers, I think we have a huge problem here. We have a tremendous problem, but the, you know, the, the, we all see what's going on in Ukraine, which mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a chess player and uh, mm-hmm. I play chess against Russians and I understand a little bit, quite a bit of their mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of like a chess game, you know, and don't who- get mad. I got to run. Uh, and, and I understand your point and I hope you'll call again. I apologize to you. I will be at CPAC. Tomorrow, Saturday, I believe I will be on stage at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, give or take. And the format is, as it's been in the past several times, my wife, my beautiful wife, Julie, asking me questions. And I don't know the questions in advance, Mr. Producer. No. What am I doing now? Okay, because I've lost time on my, you know what happened? My clock went out. I wasn't clocked. The clock went out. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a very brutal weekend for those of us who really care about liberty and are very concerned about tyranny. And if you're a normal human being and you see even these, these minimal views of what's going on in Ukraine, your stomach is going to turn. Those of you who are people of faith, those of you who are people of morality, this is going to upset you, and it is upsetting you. And people who have been utterly irresponsible with their propaganda, whatever their political stripes or ideology, saying, what does Ukraine have to do with us or anything else? If they don't know, they'll never know. But you're seeing what it has to do with us, and it's only going to get worse China's watching, North Korea's watching, Iran's watching, the terrorists are watching. 
And we have exactly the wrong people in high positions. But we are Americans. This is America in honor of you. No life, liberty, and Levin on Fox Sunday. Just a heads up. Don't want to mislead you. There will not be a life, liberty, and Levin on Sunday. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and our truckers. Thank you. We wish the people of Ukraine Godspeed. And we hope you kill more of them than they do you. God, do I mean that. Good night, Spritey, Griffey, Pepsi, and Zelva. 
Good night, Smokey, Gigi, Indy, and my beautiful little Barney. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. And good night, Joe. We stand with the Ukrainians. We stand with people of freedom. And I'll see you on Monday.